Good morning, Carolina family. Welcome to those visiting us today. My name is Caitlin Brown, and I am a part of the Chosen Youth and Young Adult Ministry here at Carolina. I want to thank Pastor Anthony and First Lady Cynthia Moore for allowing me to bring the word on today. Today, I will be reading from Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 32. I will be reading from the New Living Translation. Verse 16. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on for day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed prisoners had escaped, so he drew the sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. My sermon today is titled, So You Think You Can Praise. In this story, we have Paul, Timothy, and Silas who are traveling where the Holy Spirit leads them preaching the gospel. I know that they were being led of the Holy Spirit because in verse 6 of this chapter, it says that next Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phagera and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at the time. I believe that this is important to note because we want to understand that the actions that were followed were by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Simply put, they were in the will of God. They were in the right place at the right time. Now, while traveling, they end up in Philippi where they stay a few days. While in Philippi, they encounter the slave girl who is possessed by an evil spirit that empowers her to tell the future. She follows Paul and them around for some time, yelling that they are men of the most high God and that they have come to tell the people how to be saved. Paul dealt with this for 
few days until the tech says he become exasperated, or in other words, infuriated, frustrated, and enraged. And he commanded that the demon come out of her in Jesus' name. Paul recognizes Satan and was not going to stand for a friendship with the false enemy. He was like, I know a phony when I see one, and called it out. The girl is now free, thank you Jesus, but he was messing with her master's money at this point. With the demon gone, the girl cannot make money and fortune telling for her masters. So of course, the masters bring Paul and Silas before the authorities and falsely accuse them, causing an uproar teaching customs that are illegal for Romans to practice. First of all, they weren't doing anything. So a mob formed. It got rowdy. Paul and Silas were beaten severely and thrown in the jail. The jailer put them in the inner dungeon. I guess it was like the deep, deep dungeon and put their feet in stocks. Stocks are those wooden boards with hinges that can be placed around arms, necks, feet to hold them in place. At this point in the story, I'm like, wow, Paul and Silas are not looking too good. They have been harassed by the demon, falsely accused, stripped, and beaten, and thrown in the darkest part of the dungeon restrained. This is a bad situation. In that very moment, they were suffering. They were probably in pain, hungry, dirty, and were in prison for absolutely nothing. I mean, at this point, it looks like Satan got exactly what he wanted. When he couldn't lure them in with false alliance, he went for an open persecution. Paul and Silas could have focused on the condition. They could have blamed God for the predicament. I mean, the Holy Spirit was leading them. Why would the Holy Spirit lead them there? They could have focused on their wounds, focused on the pain. They could have focused on themselves to feel defeated and lose faith in God, which is what Satan wanted, I am sure. But the most remarkable thing happened. In verse 25, it reads, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. This is amazing to me. The text says that they were praying and singing hymns to God. In the King James Version, it states they are praying and singing praises to God. I learned something very important right here. Life is not always going to be so great. We will suffer. We will go through hard times. People will lie on us. People will treat us poorly. We may experience loss and pain and struggle. But praise give us the right perspective in hard times. In this moment, Paul and Silas chose to put their focus on the only constant source in their life. The one who they knew was only in control. Even in the situation, they gave God praise. Psalm 73, 26 states, My health may fail. And my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Even in our worst situation, God is there. We will go through trials. But remembering a scripture like this, thanking God for being our strength and for always being with us, will give us the perspective we need to endure. Paul and Silas gave this example by not allowing their situation to take their focus off of having a heart of thanksgiving, a heart to praise God who for real was the only one who could get them out of the situation they were in. This brings me to my next point. Praising God will shake you out of a situation. In verse 26, it states, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. In the midst of their praise, God literally shook the foundation, and all the doors opened, and every prisoner's bands were loosed. 
God shook them loose from this very situation they were in. In their midst of their praise, God responded. Psalms 22, 3 states that God is enthroned upon the praises of Israel. You will feel God's presence in an atmosphere of praise. And it is in God's presence that we are free. Psalms 118, 5 states, Out of my distress, I called on the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. I believe because of how Paul and Silas chose to respond in that moment. God responded, and he set them free. In whatever situation we are in, our response can mean the difference between bondage and freedom. But like Pastor always says, watch this. Now, we know that the prisoners were listening to Paul and Silas praying, pray and sing hymns to God as it states in verse 25. And we also know that he, that the chains of Paul, Silas, and all the other prisoners were released and that all the doors were open so everyone was free to go. But look at in this verse. In verse 27, the jailer wakes up to see that all the doors are open. Assuming that he is now responsible for the escape of all the prisoners, he is ready to kill himself rather than face the punishment for the situation. But Paul assures them that all the prisoners are still there. Not just him and Silas, but all the prisoners. So you are telling me that these prisoners were free to go, but they didn't? All I could say was, wow. Why would they not escape? The only clue that the text gives us is that they were listening to Paul and Silas's praise songs of praise. Instead of making their escape, they stayed to listen to Paul and Cyrus praise God. As a result, the jailer and his household chose salvation that night. Your response to God can be the key to another person's freedom. What would have been the outcome if Paul and Silas decided to complain instead of pray? If they decided to point the blame instead of turning their focus to the one that could deliver them? If they decided to wallow in guilt and discouragement? Would the prisoners have gotten to experience the power of God? Would the jailer and his family have given their lives to Christ? Once upon a time, there was a king who went hunting with his friend all the time. As the king shot the arrow, his thumb came off. His friend's response was, praise God, because he is in control. The king was furious at what his friend said, so he threw him in jail. Sometime later, the king was hunting again, and he went to a place where he had never visited before. Cannibals lived in this place. They captured the king, tied him up, and were ready to cook him. They saw that one of his hands was missing a thumb. No perfect. No cook, said the chief. So they let him go. He went back home and immediately let his friend out and apologized. You were right, he said. Not having a thumb saved my life. His friend said, praise God that I have been in jail for so long. How can you praise God, the king asked. His friend replied, if I had not been in jail with you, I would have been hunting with you. And look, I have two thumbs. Faith is giving glory to God when you're in a valley because anyone can do it from a peak. Praise is not something that you only do on a Sunday, in church, or if you like the song. Praise is an everyday decision. Praise is the proper response. No matter the situation, we should always give God a response of gratitude and thankfulness just because. My question is, so you think you can praise? Can you praise him when you're down? Can you praise him when you lose? Can you praise him when you fail because there is a lesson in that failure? Instead of cussing that person out, can you praise God instead? Instead of allowing yourself to wallow in self-pity, can you praise God instead? Turn your focus to your creator 
and watch you gain some perspective.